1: with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets For baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. Go low podcast. The week of the PGA Championship. The second major of the year. Defending champion, Philip Mickelson, will not be in attendance. Uh, I I actually just watched Tiger at the podium. Have some takes, which I think him and Phil, you know, intersect a lot because Tiger was just asked about him. Tiger obviously playing in this. Uh, Ricky Fowler was asked about joining the live Saudi League and gave an answer of like yeah I might do it some I gotta take there uh, my picks for this week uh Justin Thomas and just some other bets that I'll be making we obviously talked to Jason Sobel who is there Sobel was uh I talked to him Tuesday morning he does his radio show all week from the practice range so it's he's uh pretty dialed in. Uh, I, I would. I disagreed with a couple of his picks, but um, I do like his his main guy, Jordan Spieth, who is on a heater. Jordan is on. Jordan's playing well. Jordan, this I, God, I freaking love majors. You guys want to get into the mailbag? I separate the football mailbag from the golf mailbag. At Golopod, at Golopod is the Instagram. Fire right into those direct messages. They're wide open, ready for you to just. Slide in with a good golf question, or just any question. But uh, th- we do golf here, and appreciate everyone for listening. If you like the podcast, you got other friends that you play golf with. Tell them about it because uh, we love golf here a lot. I haven't played in a little while, even though I was just in Scottsdale. Every golf course I drove by, I just I kind of stared and uh, and dreamed about hitting golf shots. Now, not totally because it was like 108 degrees, but it was green. I, I, I like playing golf in the heat. I, I, I said forever. Like baseball, golf made for the sun. I I, I don't like October baseball when it's twenty degrees and guys are wearing long sleeves. I don't really. I like the open championship, but I don't love windy, cold golf. Went to Bana Dunes one time and in the afternoon. It was a little cold for me. I, I like a nice collared shirt, shorts. That's how I like playing my golf. I like sweating. And uh, I think golf's made for the sun. And it's supposed to actually not be, the weather's not going to be that great this week relative to the last time they played here when Tiger won in 07. Uh, when it was, as Sobel told us, I think last week or two weeks ago, that it was the coldest tournament he's ever been to. <clears throat> but I, I think the best part about majors and really hard majors, and I'm a sucker, a major at an old school country club. I, I, I love the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach and Olympic Club. That There's a purity to it because of how hard it is, the history, the legacy, and ultimately the difficulty of the golf separates the men from the boys on that given week. Who's playing the best? The fairways te- you tend to be the tightest. Obviously, U.S. Open conditions are a little bit different than PGA conditions. And this week, which I think is by far the most interesting style of high-level golf, when you shave around the green. Because there are two ways to attack it. When you raise the rough to outrageous lengths around the green. So yeah, if I miss the green, I got to take a lob wedge and chunk it on to the green. And hopefully I get it close as possible. But literally everyone's hitting the same shot. You're just kind of hacking it out of there. Where when you shave it and you get runoffs, you have guys can bump and run. Guys can hit flop shots. Guys have just different angles of attack. And you can penalize. And, and listen, guys are going to get mad this week if it's playing really hard of uh, feeling like there's an element of luck involved. Well, welcome to golf. <laughs> you know, that's that's sports. There's an element of luck to golf. Like, yeah, you might hit the perfect shot off by two yards and roll off, and that might cost you the tournament on Sunday. Tough shit. I mean, that's from an entertainment standpoint, and that's all I care about. I, I enjoy blood bloodbaths. <laughs> like, I two weeks ago, when Max Homa won in D.C., that was, to me, one of the most entertaining tournaments of the just the difficulty of it. And I every single shot I watched, I went, I would want no part of playing right now. And I think that's the best part of majors. Like last week in Texas, every I'd have it on my hotel room when I was out and about, checking in on the scores. These guys are going so low. When they're doing that, it's like, God, I want to get out to the golf course. I want to hit 300-yard drives. I want to throw darts at pins and try to make birdies. But when you watch a major, you go, besides the Masters is unique, but the U.S. Open, a tough last year at Kiowa, you go, yeah, I'd want no part of playing this golf tournament. I'd want no part of doing this. And that, to me, is what makes a major because it's the best of the best, separates the men from the boys. It separates the champions from just the other rich guys that are in the top 20. I said it earlier this week on three and out about the best part about the playoffs in you know in basketball, football and baseball. That's what we do it all for. It's what we root for as a fan cuz it separates, you know, Chris Paul from Steph Curry. There's a reason Steph Curry is an all-time great champion and he might get number 4 this year and Chris is going to end his career with zero. There's a reason James Harden's an all-time great scorer who fails in the playoffs every single time. And then there are guys like Giannis who are champions. And it's no different at the majors. It's why we revere Tiger Woods. It's why we rooted so long for Phil Mickelson to get over the hump and when he finally won a major. It's why we put guys like Rory and Jordan Spieth on a pedestal because they won majors so early. Because we know the difficulty of it. It's why Kepka say what you want about his practice habits, his injuries, whatever. He won four majors. Four. Like, you just, you got to tip your hat. It's why ultimately Greg Norman, separate from the live. Right, third leg Greg is he's an underachiever because he only won two. Yet, if you watch that 30 for 30 and then you start Googling him, you're like, he finished second all these times. All these guys that finished second, you know, in the top 10, there's a list of 10 guys who finished second the most in majors, right? It's like Jack and Phil. I mean, every single one of them. I think Ben Hogan was one of them. They all have like six, seven, eight plus Tom Watson, yet Norman is in that class, yet he won the least. And it's telling because majors, let's face it, the pressure, uh, it it feels different. It's no different than the playoffs in basketball or football. As they say in the SEC, it just means more. And I think Tiger hit on it today when he was asked about Phil. And I wouldn't say Tiger crushed Phil, but he definitely made his stance pretty... I thought he was pretty candid about where he stood. And basically said, and I think this differentiates Tiger from Phil... And I think I would put Tiger in the category of Michael and Tom Brady. They never, for one second, played for the cash. They played to be champions. They played to be legends. They played to win. That consumed them. The only thing that they thought about 24-7, 365, was winning. And then when you win and accomplish that, like they did, i would throw Kobe in this too, the money follows and you print cash. And Tiger basically alluded like, listen, guys like me and Phil have made an unlimited amount of money out here, but I never came out here for the cash. And ultimately, he didn't say this, but I'll say it for him. Because of me, the cash on the PGA Tour skyrocketed. And Phil's wealth is directly tied to Tiger because if Tiger Woods had never been born by Earl... And I I don't want to butcher his mom's name, but if they had never had Eldrick Tiger Woods, the PGA Tour would be... I don't even know how much the uh, weekly purse would be. It would be nowhere near where it's at now. Tiger has brought probably 50, 60, 70% of the wealth to where the tour's at today. And Tiger basically said, I didn't even come out here for the money. I came out here to win. I came out here for the legacy. I came out here to be a Jack Nicklaus, an Arnold Palmer, to be a fucking legend. Clearly, Phil is much more obsessed with the money and the cash flow. And when we did the match, who Tiger, let's face it, the Tiger Phil match, the one on Thanksgiving, whatever, three, four years ago, Tiger was the big draw. And Phil ended up winning the $9 million or 15 or whatever the number was. But Phil got so consumed with like, well, we had to pay the PJ. Phil, what you didn't have to come out of pocket, TNT or Turner or whoever did. But Phil is so consumed with the money. And listen, I say it all the time. I'm as pro business and pro money as anyone that you will meet in the space. But I also think there's a balance to it all, right? Like what? What ultimately, Phil, you keep playing well, like you did last year. Kiowa, you're going to be a Ryder Cup captain. The money's going to keep flowing. You're winning the PIP. Like money shouldn't be an issue. So if you really want to just sell out to go to the Saudis and ruin your entire legacy, which is ultimately what you want to do, I appreciate Tiger saying, "Yeah, he can get fucked." Because I, I don't care. I, not only do we disagree on this, I, I, I'm not going to even take the time or the effort to reach out to him. Because ultimately, Phil is coming at their business. And that's Tiger's business. It's why when Rory crushes him, it's why when Justin Thomas crushes him, it's why when John Rahm, he's coming after their pocketbooks. And he's trying to act like the betterment of the game, but it's bullshit. He's trying to ruin the PJ Tour. And listen... I understand, and even Tiger said, "Like I I disagree with a lot of things on the PGA Tour. Nothing is perfect, though. And the benefits it brings to us all, led by me, has been much more positive than negative. And Phil, sometimes in life, and listen, I'm a huge believer, put all your chips in the middle of the table. Put put them all. As Bruce Arians would say, no risk it for the biscuit. I, I believe in leading life like that. But sometimes when you do it, and if you make a poor decision on the risk, you will get burned and you will lose. And Phil has lost this one. It is a disaster. Because the best player in the history of the game is now talking shit. Basically, the three lead dogs on the PGA Tour, Jordan's been less outspoken, but like JT, Rom, and Rory have clearly crushed them. And then some of the younger guys like Colin Morikawa want no part of it. It's dying on the vine. And then a guy like Ricky Fowler, who I do appreciate his answer. And honestly, to me, Liv is made for a guy like him. His PGA Tour success, and listen, I'm sure Ricky is a, everyone's raves about the human being. He's had a fantastic career. But his career making money as one of the most marketable superstars post-Tiger in the last decade plus for a guy who has not accomplished anywhere near of what Rory, what Jordan, and some of these other guys, hell, even DJ. He's won like five times. And he's made, I would guess, $80, $100 million off the course. Never been a major champion. His biggest win is the the players, which was an impressive win. But let's not act like Ricky is some super accomplished golfer relative to his wealth. Now, he finished high and you get credit in golf just because you're not winning. If you're getting top fives and top tens, you're going to rack up a lot of money. And he did. But his career is not just trending poorly. It's sinking like a ship right now. He is not going to be able to compete moving forward on the PGA Tour, in my opinion, at that level in which he did for a long period of time and had a lot of success. So it sounded like I was diminishing. I think Ricky was a really, really good player. He just didn't win. And that's ultimately what we kind of judge you on at the level in which of his fame. But I give you credit for being a good salesman, for being a good guy, which he was, and parlaying that into a lot of money. And when he's asked, basically what he said was like, I haven't decided one way or the other. And I think clearly early on in the Saudi stuff, he was one of the guys rumored, like with Phil as and Bryson, as the super famous guys to basically give a lot of money. And I think people think that Phil has been given 50, 80, however million dollars by the Saudis. There's a chance we never see Phil Mickelson again on the PGA Tour. Maybe he plays some masters moving forward, but if you told me that Phil Mickelson never plays another PGA Tour event, I would believe you. If you tell me he never plays the US Open again, I would believe you. If you tell me he never plays the PGA Championship game, I would believe you. The Masters a little harder to believe, but who knows? Maybe they boot him for a while. To me, Ricky, like Ricky's not getting into these. Like Ricky barely got into this major. Ricky is not into the U.S. Open right now. Pretty sure Ricky did not play in the Masters. Ricky's career is in major jeopardy, especially when you factor in like a guy I gamble on a lot, and this guy's going to win, and I'm going to get him at great odds. Is Davis Riley? young kid, Alabama, all the, there's like three Davis Riley's every year. And they're immediately better than Ricky and Ricky's no dummy. He sees these, the talent coming on the tour year in, year out. Well, it's like football, like every year there's a draft. So if I'm an offensive lineman, like I have my time to make my money and start, but eventually they're going to draft my replacement. And eventually I'm not going to be good enough. And eventually that replacement, that guy's going to be a third round pick. He's going to make a lot more money and I'm going to get cut or they're not going to resign me in free agency. And that, to me, is kind of where Ricky's at. I don't blame him at all for going to the Saudi League. Now, you could argue, and this is what Tiger would say, Ricky, you spent the last decade creating this legacy on the PJ Tour as being one of the faces of the sport. People love you. You're revered. And you can make money, despite not being a major champion, for a long period of time. I've said forever, I think that if Phil doesn't want to do it, now I don't think it's an option, Ricky could be the next Nick Faldo. He could be in a booth like with Jim Nance young at like 35 kind of transition like Tony Romo. Now I don't know if he'd necessarily want to do that because like I said, he's got a lot of money, but you don't think CBS would pay him 12, $15 million. He ain't making that anymore playing golf. So does he want to throw all that away? And I think, listen, I, I think Ricky gave a very fair answer. He's contemplating it and we'll see. But to me, the live was made for him. I even think the live was made for Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, some of the older guys. But if you're one of the the big guns, the amount of money you're making, how good life is, it doesn't make sense. And that's where Tiger goes, we, we print money out here. And it's why one of the young guns, like the guy I like this weekend, and listen, I, I, I tweeted it. While I was flying home from Scottsdale. God, I just love that place. And I, I said, I'm going to bet JT the next three majors. I'm not a wizard. I can't see the future. If I could, I would make a lot more money gambling. Uh, I think he's going to win one of these next three majors. But I don't know which one. But I, I believe to my core, I, I haven't had a stronger belief as a golf better in Justin Thomas winning one of the next three majors. So I'm going to bet him every major. This one, the the uh, the country club, and the Open Championship. I actually feel the strongest about the Open Championship. Shawmakers course, if the wind's pumping, I think he's born and bred for it. But I, I like his chances this week. He's the only guy I'm taking in that kind of teens range at 16 to one. I, I think you're going to really start seeing the benefits of bones on his bag. Um, and I just think we all talk about it's been so long since he's won. I just think his times now. Um, and and I, I I feel very, very confident that he's going to play well. And I talked to Sobo about it here in a little bit about his floor being really high. I, I, I just I couldn't be any more of a fan of his this week in terms of a gambler. I like, as, as a buddy texts me, my guy Scotty Raber texts me this quote from Victor Hovland. And because Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's not very far away, Victor Hovland has played this course a lot. And just a couple years ago, Colin Morikawa, TPC Harding, had played that course a lot. Now, the way they did it that week was grow out the rough. The way they're doing it this week is it's going to might get into a chipping contest, which makes me a little nervous. But, like, what has Victor been doing the last couple weeks? Maybe he's just been chipping. Like, you would think, if I was Victor Hovland, I would just spend all my time, and listen, I'd say that, but it's chipping's pretty boring, but I would just go out to my practice facility, I think he still lives in Oklahoma, and they have an incredible practice facility, and just chip, 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 chip and chip. But Victor has the talent if he can just figure out the chipping, but it is an issue. Another guy that I really like, if it's going to be a second shot golf course, and hitting your irons is paramount for having success, I'm going to ride Hideki. Because I think he's easily one of the best iron players on tour. Uh, and he's just, he's playing at a high level. I mean, he easily could have won last week, even though it was an easier course. The question on him was not his game. His game had been really high. It was injuries. And if he's healthy, I like Hideki, especially if I can get him at a number 28, 30, 35 to 1. Now, I think Hideki, like Max Homa, are pretty good top five, top 10 like bets. Because Max Homa, if you tell me this course, I, they asked Tiger today, I think his winning score in 07 was either minus seven or minus eight. And they asked him if, you know, the course going to play a little bit easier, but what his number was. And, you know, Tiger, I would say, gave a kind of a cliche answer. It's hard to tell. The wind, you know, it's there's some unknowns at, you know, how firm the golf course gets. But it's not going to be 18, probably be closer to somewhere 10 to 12. So to me, if it's going to be like that, Max Homa who we've seen just two weeks ago or three weeks ago when they played in D.C., that looked like a major championship. And he was awesome in it. Where'd he win last year? Riviera. What plays really hard? Riviera. Same thing with Keegan Bradley, who would be the one long shot, and obviously he's won the PGA Championship before, but think of where Keegan Bradley played well this year. He finished second at the Players' Championship. That thing was a bloodbath. And then two weeks ago, he was the guy playing with Max Homa. So I I have to take a guy, if I'm going to take one of the non-Morikawa's, Hovland's, Roms, Scotty Scheffler's, those type guys, is people that can play well at tough golf courses. It's like what translates in football? Defense, good coaching. It's why the same teams typically have success in the playoffs, and a good quarterback. Like in these major championships, you have to be able to handle tough conditions. If you can't handle tough conditions... The Masters is kind of unique. You can be a Masters player, but these other courses like it gets very, very difficult. So when you can handle tough conditions, it's why Gary Woodland, I bet on him sometimes at some of the harder courses. I I literally watched him win at Pebble Beach under very, very tough conditions, beat out Kepka. It's my my question with Kepka is health. If health, if Kepka's not healthy, I struggle. But when I start seeing his odds creep up to 40 to 1, I watched some of his press conference today after he got locked out of his car. He felt you know, kind of his cocky, swag self. And he gave a pretty interesting nugget. And I think sometimes, listen, we all can lose our confidence in different walks of life, whether it's professionally, whether it's personally. And you have to find a way to get it back. And we all take different avenues to do that, right? Sometimes there's self-reflection. Sometimes it's losing weight. Sometimes it's, I don't know, getting a new job. At whatever, dumping your girlfriend. But I think what Kepka said today is he went back to YouTube and watch some of his previous major wins and ha- when he had success in majors and just looked at his body language, his posture, his alignment, and he's like, I took some things away. And sometimes you just need things to trigger the brain because I know this. When it gets fucking tight and, and the course is hard as shit and it just, everyone starts crumbling, that's when Brooks thrives. Now, I don't know if that means he's going to win it, but even last year, who was p- playing with Phil on Sunday? Brooks Kepka. You know, so it's just I, I have more faith in him on a week in, week out basis when it comes to majors than even like DJ and Rom. Now, if you told me who's more likely, like if I had to bet a thousand dollars on Rom or Kepka, I would put it on Rom. But like I, I would not be surprised. Also, if John Rom's not really in it, right? It's weird. I mean, I do believe John Rom's one of the better players I've ever seen over the last like three years. His game. But like I, have kind of go back and forth whether I'm confident he's gonna win. Like I've seen Kepka time and time and time and time again, not only win these tournaments, but even when he loses, he's right there. Who finished second when Tiger won in '19? Brooks. You know, it's just, it's just, it's hard to bet against the guy. It, it really is. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free. And if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a range of betting options like outright winners, head-to-head matchups, nationality props, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. Here's what I love. This week, PGA Championship. Justin Thomas. Hideki Matsuyama and Max Homa I would bet place a bet on all three guys one of those three guys to win and even Max Homa maybe a little juice too on a top five but I think that Justin Thomas wins this and I think Hideki has a very very good chance as well so go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code COLIN to get your first bet risk-free up to $1000. Remember, use the promo code COLIN to get this special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Twenty-one and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877- 770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY, 467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
1: See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, we are on to the uh, second major of the year. And, you know, I think on the rankings, this would probably be the fourth. But this one feels maybe it's the venue, you know, like a bigger PGA championship for sure. Now Tiger's back. That adds a little juice filled. No show. A little weird. Uh, here with Jason Sobel. Sirius XM, you can find him this week from the range of the PGA Championship. Uh, Sobel, what is going on, man? How you doing?
2: Yeah, what's up, John? Not a bad spot to be for the first at least three days of this tournament week. Just hanging out at the range, um, you know, at Southern Hills, just watching guys hit balls. I, I can tell you, on Monday, I was sitting out there till 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m. local time, and there were still, like, guys beating balls. There were probably a dozen guys, two dozen guys on the range beating balls late on a Monday afternoon.
1: Bad, not normal?
2: It's a little more than usual, I think. But, again, I, you never know. I mean, it's just kind of – it's one of those where, like, it feels like there's a lot of people there, but maybe some of those guys just gotten into town at 4 o'clock, came over the course, and like, hey, let's get an hour's worth of practice in. But that, that felt a little egregious for a Monday afternoon of a major championship week.
1: Well, You've been to uh, <clears throat> a million of these majors over the years. What was uh, the buzz like on the course?
2: uh course is pure with about seven U's right now uh players love it it seems like this is going to be one of those weeks where and we say this you know this is essentially the test of every good major championship and we say it for just about every major championship it's a long golf course you have to be long my assertion is that essentially every player out there is long enough I, i mean you don't have to be cameron champ out there you just have to be long enough and quite frankly if you're not long enough, you're not in this event this week because you're not playing at the highest level. So, uh, you know, you look at guys. Here's a great little piece of trivia for you. Dustin Johnson, we know he's a really long hitter. He averages 309.5 off the tee this season. Yeah, okay. It's a long way. Jordan Spieth, uh, he's, you know, he's he's not that uh, a big, you know, guy. He's more creative. He's He doesn't slam. He averages two yards less off the tee than Dustin Johnson. So uh, let's not get yeah. into these, you know, like, Oh, well, he's long and he's not. Two yards, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Tony Finau, big dude. Looks like you should be the tight end on your fantasy team. Tony Finau averages the same off the tee as Robert Strip. It's just not a big deal, the length. So, in any case, yes, it's long, and it's going to play long this week. Ball striking is always important. And then the chipping areas. They've shaved down all the chipping areas. No rough out the greens anymore. and So, that's going to play a major factor as well.
1: Do you think you could argue that that <clears> – <throat> adds an element to make a golf course tougher than just the crazy rough around it because then you're just kind of chopping out with wedges on that. If you're just a little off the runoff, it can dramatically change you. I mean, the rough does stop your ball even if they do grow it out knee length right uh, around the green. I personally like watching the runoffs more than the long rough.
2: Yeah, I think most of us do. And you're going to see a lot of these shots where if a guy doesn't hit it perfectly and maybe if he tries to get too aggressive and go in a tuck pin, And the ball doesn't stay at the green and you go, Oh, well, that was a good shot. And then all of a sudden the ball trickles off and it keeps trickling and keeps trickling. And all of a sudden you go, Oh my gosh, that was a pretty good shot, but he missed his target by about three yards and all of a sudden he's got a 25 yard chip back up the hill and he's got to get it up and down just to save bar. Whereas, you know, it looked like he might have a birdie opportunity. So we're going to see a lot of that this week. You've got to be really precise with your irons. And uh, again, this, Everything goes in concert with each other where you've got to be precise with your irons, because if you are, then you're not going to hit it down in those chipping areas where uh, you're going to have to get up and down. But if you're not precise, you're going to have to be better with the wedges around the grains.
1: Well, the big story—I I guess it happened over the weekend, but uh, yesterday watching Golf Channel, I'm sure you guys were talking about it. Was Phil Mickelson, the defending champion, and you and I have been talking about him for a long time, right, leading up to the Masters? But then this one felt differently because, again, he won the tournament last year. Uh, w- w- what was just the mood out there? Just you talking to people over the last since the announcement? Little weird that Phil said nothing. Uh, had the uh, had the tournament do it? Did that strike you? Anything uh, red flag go off there?
2: Yeah, I I don't know what's going on with Phil. Uh, I wish I could tell you something. I don't think the players are really talking about him, at least not publicly. I mean, probably behind closed doors. They're essentially saying the same thing as us, which is like, uh, when are we going to see him? Where are we going to see him? What's the next step? I I don't know where he is or what he's going to do. And yet it, it feels very, very strange. And it's not like, you know, the PGA of America or the media or anybody else has canceled Phil Mickelson. According to everything we've seen, Phil was eligible, was qualified, was invited to come play this event, and Phil told them he would not be here this week. And so uh, that's of his own accord. I happen to think there's probably some other stuff going on with Phil right now uh, besides just the live golf stuff that's keeping him from playing golf. But, uh, Johnny, look at it this way. If he didn't play the Masters, which means the world to him, and he's not coming back to the PGA Championship, which you know he would have loved. He would have loved to sit in a press conference this week and go, well, whatever happens, I still got this trophy from last year. Yeah. I mean, love doing <laughs> that for months afterwards. <laughs> if he does play in these two, I mean, maybe he goes and plays the U.S. Open next month. Maybe he plays the Open Championship at St. Andrews. But, boy, they're sort of in descending order of uh, importance and relevance for Phil Mickelson. So if we haven't seen him at the first two, I don't know if we see him at the next two. And I don't know if we see him at the Live Golf event in a few weeks in London or if we just don't see him for a long time.
1: Well, I think the Masters, and speaking of another Phil contemporaries, Tiger, was just, it was such a good story. And regardless of what happened, it was just cool to have him back, and he makes an event way bigger. This one feels a little more normal. It's just like Tiger's back playing again. From a golfing standpoint, I mean, he's the greatest iron player of all time, but this Tiger is a little different than the majority of Tiger's career. What chances do you give him making the cut? How does the golf course? Obviously, he's won here before, but in his current state, like, do you think it's an uphill battle for him to make the cut?
2: No, I think he'll make the cut. I I expect him to play well. Look, he made the cut at the Masters. I know he didn't have a great weekend, but he's only healthier and stronger, and the swing is better than it was six weeks ago. And so I I expect him to play better. I just finished up my ranking of uh, the top 50 contenders for this week, and I think I've got Tiger somewhere around 28th, 29th in that ranking. So it's not like I've got him knocking on the door for a victory this week, but I don't have him missing the cut by a mile either. I I think he'll play well. I still tend to think, even though Tiger's going to tell us the same stuff that he tells us every single time, which is, hey, I'm here to win. That's why I show up at tournaments. I show up to win. I think internally, Tiger's thinking, hey, let's have another good week, take another big step in that progression. Let's go to Brookline next month, the country club for the U.S. Open, take another step. And then let's get in two months to the Open Championship at St. Andrews, where he knows that golf course better than everybody else. And I think that's the one he's got circled on his calendar where he said, you know, I think I can win a major championship there this year.
1: Well, let's let's uh, talk about the guy that you picked to win this tournament. And just a couple of years ago, it felt like he was heading in the wrong direction, like kind of Ricky Fowler's at right now. And he has not just resurrected his career. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world, just like his recent form over the last year is Jordan Spieth uh, coming off a really good weekend on an easy course. But still, I mean, he won, what, a month ago? Like he's he's playing at a high level right now. Why do you like him this week?
2: So there's a couple different narratives here at play that I, I will uh, take on all of these. Uh, the first one is the statistical narrative. In his last two starts, John, he's led the field in strokes gained T to green. We always think of Jordan Spieth being uh, the greatest chipper, the greatest putter out there. Well, he's hitting the ball really, really well, better than anybody else at both Harbortown and the Byron Nelson, where, of course, he won and finished runner-up in those two starts. So he's obviously in some form then there's uh and this leads to this the confidence narrative i hosted a show with craig stadler the other day and stads has gotten to know jordan spieth hanging around with him at augusta over the years and he said you know when he's not confident he really doesn't play well and when he is confident he plays really well and that yeah. sounds like this kind of analyst speak that we hear you know oh uh, yeah sure you can say that about everybody but it really matters it really makes sense for jordan spieth probably more so than anybody else and when I watched him this past weekend at the Nelson, I saw a guy who what didn't have his shoulders slumped, didn't have this kind of puzzled look on his face, wasn't talking to his caddy Michael Greller about every single little thing. He looked confident. He looked like he thought every iron shot he hit was going to go in the hole. And so um, I, I love that confidence from Jordan right now, um, whether his game really is exactly where he needs it to be or he just thinks it's where he needs it to be. It, Uh, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, As long as he's got that confidence level, I think he can play well. And then the last part of this, look, you mentioned it off the top, the PGA Championship sort of uh, the redhead stepchild. It's the fourth of the four major championships. But I will say the PGA of America does a great job each year. The chief championship officer sets up this golf course. He is better than anybody else in the world at setting up championship golf courses, does a tremendous job. I feel like there's a little karma play here as well on a week when they don't have their defending champion here to celebrate him. And, you know, there's a lot of questions coming in. There's a lot of weird off course stuff to have some history made here at Southern Hills and have Jordan speed become the sixth career uh, member of that grand slam club. I I think that would be really cool. And I think it'd be very fitting.
1: Well, I'm going to take his uh, best friend or, I mean, one of his better friends in Justin Thomas this week. And my logic is simple. I think Justin Thomas is going to win a major this year. Uh, you know, he top 10 of the masters, but I think these next three he's going to win one. I don't know which one. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously, he played pretty well last week. What's your thoughts on him coming off last week and just this season and kind of finding himself at, at a higher level almost?
2: It's so weird because JT is maybe the most fiery competitive player on the PGA Tour. He's right up there with a John Rahm or somebody like that. And yet, what we've seen from him over the last 14 months no victories, but the floor is really, really high. I mean, I, if you give me like, hey, one player to put your life on uh, for a top 10 this week. It's probably JT more. So I've got some other players ranked higher than him, but I think his floor might be higher than anybody else, which what I mean by that for the non gamblers out there is just, the fact that I, I don't think he has a bad week. I just don't think he has it in him. He he plays, even his his B game is still really, really good. If he brings his A game, sure, he's certainly capable of winning a golf tournament. But it's been a while now. It's been 14 months. And so I think he's feeling a little of that internal pressure on, you know, how come I haven't won since last year's players and what can I do and how can I get it back? And uh, we talk all the time about, hey, it's been, what, five years since Jordan Spieth last won a major championship. It's been... Oh, boy. What? Eight years since Rory McIlroy last won one. When are they going to win one? It's now been five years, five full years since Justin Thomas won his first and only major championship 2017 PGA Quail Hollow. And you know that's got to be eating at him a little bit, too.
1: Before we get into the two guys at the top of the betting board, talking about a guy who hasn't won a major in eight years, Rory McIlroy, coming off that Sunday at Augusta, which... You know, it, whether we think there's momentum in golf, it's like baseball, next day starting pitcher, it's a new course. It's been a while. I mean, do you, what do you think about his chances this week?
2: I love his chances this week. Uh, again, Rory's another guy where I, I look at that floor being really, really high. I don't anticipate seeing a leaderboard come Sunday afternoon that doesn't have Rory McElroy's name somewhere on it. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to win, but I, I've got him second in my ranking right behind. Uh, Jordan Speed, so I do like him a lot this week. Uh, look, the game's there. We all know it. Uh, he's proven over the last handful of starts that he's made, especially that final round 64 at Augusta, that his best is still maybe as good, if not better, than anybody else's best out there. It's just that he's got to eliminate the mistakes. He's got to get off to a better start. He knows all these things. I, I tend to think it's more mental than technical or physical when it comes to Rory. He's just got to get his mind right coming into this week. And maybe playing a PGA Championship where he's won a a couple times already, maybe that loosens him up a little bit as opposed to playing at Augusta National where he's still searching for that first green jacket. So I I do think there's probably less pressure on him this week and he's feeling less internal pressure and maybe that helps him uh, this week as well because uh, we all know the game is there.
1: Well, a guy who's best has literally been better than everyone in the last four of the last however many tournaments he's played is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you know, he went from, you know, being a really good player to now he's got the best odds with John Rahm. Feels a little crazy. I- I'm not going to lie, but I said that at Augusta and he won it. Uh, he's also called this place his favorite course in the world. So, uh, well, I mean, I- I- it's hard to say that Scotty Scheffler doesn't have a pretty good chance to win this weekend, right?
2: Yeah. That, how great is that for the other players in the field? The, the other, you know, the Warriors and the Jordans and the uh, the JTs and the other guys who are trying to win this thing are like, yeah, Scotty's on an unbelievable heater. Well, maybe we'll get him at the PGA. Maybe he doesn't know the course that well. Maybe he's, you know, not really it. Oh, no, it's his favorite golf <laughs> course in the world. Cool. Great. All right. Cool. I yeah. mean, you could absolutely see a Jordan speak 2.0 this week. Remember, uh, the schedule was different back then, but he won the Masters and U.S. Open to get the first two uh, seven years ago, back in 2015. And if Scotty Scheffler is holding the Wanamaker Trophy come Sunday evening, look, at you hate to look ahead, and I certainly don't want to place expectations on him, but you start looking at this, and I think the U.S. Open actually suits his game maybe better than the other three of them. And so it, it, he's certainly capable of winning this week. And then he goes to the U.S. Open, where – Uh, that's his style of golf. He's played well at the U.S. Open in the past, and he's a much improved player from what he was before. So the sky's the limit for Scotty Scheffler. I like him a lot this week again. I mean, it's hard not to. All the picks are sounding very chalky right now, John, and I understand that, but I I just wish there was somewhere else I could go. I wish I could give you all these dark horses, these sleepers, and tell you, nah, Scotty Scheffler, he's done. You know, his run is over. There's no momentum, but it's just not true. He's really good, and he's going to play really well.
1: In the the group of, like, Morikawa. Cantley, Cam Smith, Hovlin, Xander, Hideki. Is there a name and kind of that kind of level of guy? I mean, that's a high level of guy, but yeah. it, it would shock you? Or I mean, that you've kind of envisioned being right in there on Sunday?
2: I've got Cantley, the highest of those guys. And this is more just a, a general terms type of play. I, I just think Patrick Cantley's as good as just about anybody in the world. I mean, he's got so much talent. He's such a good ball striker. He's a really good putter. I mean, he's got every aspect of the game. And what I look at, and I'll I'll put Xander in this category as well, the PGA Championship year after year, and and we talked about this in in terms of Southern Hills this year as well, but it tests every facet of a player's game. So you've got to drive it long. You've got to keep it in play. You've got to be a really good iron player. Got to be able to get up and down when you miss the greens, got to be a good putter. I mean, it, you know, this is typical of any major championship golf course, but really the way Kerry Hague sets up these golf courses, you've got to be on with every facet of your game. And so you look at Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, and neither one of them ranks worse than 60th in any major strokes gain category on the PGA Tour this season. Essentially, they might not do anything better than everybody else, but they certainly don't do anything worse than anybody else. I mean, they, these guys uh, are, are good with every single club in the bag. And so I'm looking for elite level balanced players, and those guys certainly fit the bill this week
1: when Colin won out here at TPC Harding, you know, he had played a cow, so they had played that course several times. He was comfortable in that environment. They, obviously, that it gets set up differently for a major championship than something he would play in college. Victor, I saw yet on Monday, say that he's played here, obviously, you know, being at Oklahoma State a, a bunch of times yeah. in college. Now, the setup of the greens and the runoffs brings a lot of chipping into play. Is, is that something that would give you pause with him? Because he's going to be comfortable on the golf course. And, and from a ball striking standpoint, if he's on, he's probably as good as anybody. But if he is a little off and honestly he could hit a great shot and be on the other side of the green right rolling off then he's got a wedge in his hand that's when it's like it's harder to like him in that situation but has he been who knows maybe the last couple of weeks he's been chipping the whole time
2: i i hope he has and i hope he's <laughs> figured something out He is dead last on the PGA tour and strokes gained around the greens this is, is mind boggling to me we we don't see players in the top 10 in the world who have one glaring weakness one major blind spot and yet we look at Victor Hovland and we're like he can't chip. I mean, it's just, it's not good. It's not better than anybody else out there. And so I I think the hardest part about prognosticating this tournament this week is not necessarily picking who's going to play well. It's picking who's not going to play well. You look at those elite players, top 15, 20 guys on the board. You're like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I feel like I'm just, you know, mirroring everything you say because I'm like, oh yeah, I can see him winning. Oh yeah. I I like him. The one guy that I look at and I say, you know what? I'm not so sure. I see it out of that elite group of players is Hovland because chipping is going to be very important, and he's not very good at it. Unless he's figured something out around the greens this week, I don't expect him to all of a sudden look like Jordan Spieth or Cameron Smith when he's chipping around these greens.
1: You're saying it's a ball striking golf course. I mean, two guys with 55 to one odds. I don't know how much win equity they have, but from a top five, top ten. Corey Connors and and Tony Fina showed a little signs of life and he's played well at majors before Mm -hmm. at just kind of longer odds. Do either of those two name? I know you mentioned Tony, but Corey and Tony Fina, if you were going to do put a small wager on 55 to one on FanDuel, that's, that's a pretty good long shot for guys that wouldn't shock you if they're just in the mix come the weekend.
2: I probably like Tony more for an outright, just because I think he's got a little more offensive firepower. I think he's got a little higher ceiling. I sort of see him winning one of these. I, I don't know that I have necessarily I can necessarily see Corey Connors winning yet, and yet maybe he has a higher floor. You, you can certainly see Tony just blowing up on Thursday, shooting 78, and being out of it before he even starts, really. I uh, can't see that with Connors. I think Connors is uh, more the steady presence in this thing. So, again, for outright players, I'd probably go with Finau for a floor play. I'd probably go with Connor. So, uh, but I I like both of those guys. I think on my ranking of the field, I've got Finau tenth and Connor's twelfth or something like that. So, both guys that I have in the mix.
1: I know we talked. This is definitely a chalky week, and I'm in agreement. There is there any, you know, eighty, ninety. You know, I see Billy Horschel ninety to one. There
2: it is. There it is.
1: Was that be the guy that I I think you 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 mentioned him in your piece?
2: Getting no love in the marketplace. Billy Horschel is ranked 14th in the world. I think if most casual fans who only watch the major championships click on the world ranking list this week, they'll go, Oh, you know, top 13 guys. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. He's there, he's there. Yeah, okay. That, you know, that's sort of thing. they get to Billy Horschel at 14 and go, huh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't realize he would be that high. He's having a great year. He's playing some of the best golf of his life. On FanDuel right now, last I checked, he was 90 to 1. 90 to Even one. Yeah, he's 14th ranked player in the world. I believe he is 30th on the odds board on FanDuel. When we talk about value, that's what value is to me. Value is, hey, he's double the number that he should be based on where his world ranking is. Again, is Billy Horschel going to win this thing? Probably not. But again, he's got some win equity. He's beaten fields with a lot of big name players in it. And he's playing well right now. So I don't mind taking a chance on him at that number whatsoever.
1: And see to me with Billy Horschel, like you get him seven to one to top 10. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is where when you can find a guy with those odds, you look at the top fives and the top tens. I mean, honestly, top fives, he's been in the mix before. It's not crazy to think that all of a sudden you look up Billy Horschel's fourth and is paying whatever 14, 15 to one. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what's, that's real value.
2: What's interesting with Billy right now, all the stats look really good except the iron play. And yet he's been a really good iron player for most of his career. That's sort of his trademark. So I'm really not worried about that one stat because I feel like he can turn that around in a hurry. And if he's doing everything else well, he's driving it well, he's chipping it well, he's putting it well, there's no reason he can't contend this week.
1: Before I get you out of here, I'm sure you guys talked about this on your show, the the weather. You know, it's not, they've played out here before. And like you said, it was the hottest thing you've ever experienced. It's supposed to be a little chillier and and windier this week. What's, What's so far the buzz out there in the forecast?
2: Yeah, I've seen uh, you know everyone kind of talk about the way. I don't think it's gonna. What happen. What was it like
1: when you were much. sitting out there on Monday? Was it was it warm? It was
2: beautiful. Monday yeah. was the most gorgeous day out there. It was probably seventy nine degrees, and there was a little one club breeze uh, blowing through the trees. I mean, it was just perfect. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. Uh, we're looking at winds of up to maybe twenty miles an hour. I mean, it's maybe a two club wind at times. Really not going to affect things too much I don't think unless things change I mean again the weather can change uh the forecast can change a lot from here until Thursday through Sunday but uh it looks like it's gonna be cooler on Saturday Saturday high in the, the high 60s about 67 68 uh again is that really gonna affect anything no it's not exactly sweater weather it just means you're not yeah. gonna be uh as David Faraday told me on the radio yesterday uh putting all the gold bonds in your pants before you get out there on the golf course <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a, that's a good line <laughs> yeah thanks he, he actually
2: did that he apparently he, I, I did a show yesterday with faraday and mccord and nance called in in the middle of the show and you talk about having no control over anything when you're the host i had zero control over that but faraday did tell a story of 2007 at southern hills we talked about it, it was a hundred something degrees out he essentially was just taking huge mounds of gold bond putting it in his pants and then he would walk up to people and start shaking their hands and say, hey how you doing and um yeah, story kind of did that. I, I
1: saw you retweeted something. Nance said that he thought that you could see a low number out there. And just one thing he mentioned is just – and I've just seen some pictures watching the Golf Channel last night. I think this course is going to really pop on television. I mean, it looks it's beautiful. Really,
2: yeah, <laughs> it's going to look really, really good on TV. Uh, those who have said – and I've heard this a little bit. Oh, it's going to play like a U.S. Open. They've had a U.S. Open here, so it's going to play like – Scotty Scheffler doesn't go play a practice round a couple of weeks ago and shoot 64 if this is a US open venue. It's just not. Um, I had uh, a colleague of mine um tell me that he was walking with a player who, and I I, I can't remember anything from yesterday, but this player told him, uh, look where the fairway is. This fairway is much wider than it was 15 years ago. And this fairway over here, much wider. And I think the landing areas are going to be easier to hit than they were back then. And so you're going to see some scores out there this week. I don't think there's a 61 or 62 out there by any means, but uh, six, I would say if you can get over under of 64 and a half as the low total of the week, I would go under that.
1: You have a first round leader bet you like.
2: Yeah, I'll throw uh, a tee time should be out as we're talking right now. I haven't seen them yet. So uh, excuse me for that, but uh, I'd go with a morning tee time on Thursday. I'm looking at, essentially, stick with the guys who brung you here. It's a major championship. The guys that we bet on Thursdays on a regular basis, I'm going to go with them. Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, Billy Horschel, who we mentioned, and I don't mind a, a little Harold Varner the third as well.
1: Okay. I, I I like a little HB3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like it. Well, so, we'll enjoy the week, and uh, let's our, have ourselves the second major of the year and have fun.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, John. Appreciate it.
1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's go a little at. Pod is the Instagram. Fire on in. Direct messages. Ask me anything uh, about the PGA Tour or just golf in general. You know, last week, I couldn't remember TPC Sawgrass. My guy, Tyler Raber know, yeah, I had a pretty good little career. UC Davis, just qualified, made a U.S. Open, no big deal. Uh, missed the cut, but got a bad end of the draw. The year DJ won it at Oakmont. He texted me, he was listening, and he said that... Uh, he's like, well, you left out Pinehurst. I said, that's fair. I, I, I'd i agree. Uh, Pinehurst definitely got left out. And I think that Pinehurst, just resort in general, would probably have some similarities to Bandon. You know, Pinehurst number two is the most famous one. But, uh you'd have to throw that into the best public courses, right? So Pebble, I, we agreed Pebble was clearly number one. Uh, the abandoned properties, I, I would put that right up there. Pinehurst, Bethpage, any of these courses that host majors for sure, I think have to be thrown in the mix. Uh, let's get to Jonathan here. What do you think of my boy Sebastian Munoz? He couldn't finish last weekend, but he's having a good year. Well, anyone, um, he has, what was the, his logo that he wears on his collared shirt is, uh, you know, is the thing that stops leaks. What the hell is it called? I always laugh whenever I see his logo. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he's a a really good player. This is what I keep talking about, like with Ricky and these guys that kind of, all these new, and I don't think Sebastian Munoz is that young. Uh, I, he's probably still in his twenties. My my mouse died here. How old is Sebastian Munoz? I would guess twenty-seven. Be my guess twenty-nine, a little older than I thought. What is his uh safe leak? Flex seal, yeah, flex seal. <clears throat> I, I love having a little flex seal on there. But yeah, I mean, I, he, I wouldn't shut win a major. I mean, he's. He'll win a big tournament before his career is over for sure. Huge fan of the content you put out those three and out and go low this weekend. Just shot my first round in the 80s. Pretty stoked. Also just bought 12 and a half acres in AZ. So ready to have year round golf to make my game that much better. 12 acres? You're living. You are living, my man. Question for the pod. What is your go-to strategy for gambling on golf? Do you just go for best odds in your favor, or is it more aimed at the best players you see in each event? I've actually been thinking about this weekend. JT might be the only guy that I bet on to win it. I I might spread my cash on Homa, Keegan, Hideki, maybe Hoplin too to win it. But Hideki, Keegan and Homa, probably the top 10. Hideki, maybe the top five. I I, I do think with golf, when you're going to gamble, You just have such better odds when you bet on guys to top 10 and top five. Like last week, I had Bo Hostler and Davis Riley. And Davis Riley, I think, finished 21 under, maybe 20 20 under. And he was right in the mix, but he was never going to win. But if I would have bet on him to be top five, I would have had a much better chance. So I think unless you feel very good about the guy to win... Which is fun. I mean, it's incredible to hit a winning bet. I I do think, and I've hit a couple, so it keeps you coming back. I think the odds are in your favor to bet the top fives, the top tens, or even the top 20s. But the one thing with the top tens, I like the juice that it brings back. Like I can get Keegan Bradley six to one. You know, I can get Max Homa six to one to top ten. I can get Alex Norman, you know, four to one or five to one to top ten. I I like those. So I'm a big top ten better for sure. AZ Golf and Real Estate Market Advice. Once you move down to Arizona, you need to check out this course in a town called Sholo. It's about three hours from Phoenix Metro. The course in the area is called Torian. There are 36 holes. It is a private course, but if you own a house in the community, you can golf a handful of times a year without being a member. I would recommend buying a place here and renting it on Airbnb when you aren't using it. I'm a realtor, and I have a couple of clients that are doing this and currently are averaging a 10% cash on cash net return. They have a sweet place they go and stay at. Not going to lie. It sounds kind of cool. I'm going to write on. I'm going to have to look into that. There was a picture of Lamar Jackson golfing, and he he posted on Instagram like he needed some help. He was putting with an eight iron, and uh, he does look good in golf clothes. I... I do think it's very cool when you just see these guys just kind of getting into golf, trying to get into golf. So uh, I'm glad to have Lamar Jackson as a golfer, but he he needs to putt with a putter. Someone needs to tell him that. Loving the pod. I'll be boots on the ground at Southern next Wednesday. If Sobel can't make it, hit me up. My question for the mailbag: What's your best golf memory? Hole in one, double eagle. Maybe just a great ass round with the boys. It's a hell of a question. Um, I did shoot 73 like two weeks ago. I was playing pretty freaking well. Not going to lie. It felt pretty good. That's and I, I'd had a really stretch stretch rough stretch. I still can't talk after Arizona Uh, like year of golf. I hadn't been playing that well. 73 is the best round I've shot in years. And I was, I mean, it was it was a high-level round of golf. So that's pretty good. I would say golf courses. I've been to Olympic twice and got to play. It's pretty special. I mean, it's a hollowed ground in the game. Uh, I got to play LA Country Club last year. LA Country Club and then Niners Rams to watch the Niners win week 18. That was pretty incredible. I'd put that right up there. Uh, let's see. I've never had a hole in one. I've never had a double eagle. I've never won a golf tournament. I wasn't that good in high school. Uh I, you know, I I would argue I haven't even made my best golf memory yet. You know, I, I have not made my best golf memory yet. One round memorial last year with the boys, played 36 holes in a day. I hadn't played 36 holes in a day, honestly, maybe ever. And, you know, by about the first nine, you're having some beers. By the second nine, you're kind of drunk. Then you go to get lunch and you have a few cocktails. I've never been drunk to start around. And when you play 36, if, you know, it's a weekend, it was, we were playing in uh, Scottsdale and it was hot. By the whole 28, 29th hole, I was struggling to stand. <laughs> That's, you got to be, Michael Jordan would probably tell you, you got to pace yourself when you're going to play 36 holes. But uh, playing 36 holes in a day, if you're able to play 36 holes in a day, I don't care if you're at a Muni or you're at Augusta National. That's a great day because that means you're not in a super jammed up place. You're having a good time. You're feeling the flow of golf. I'd say a 36 hole round of uh, a golf day. I I did that at abandoned dunes, abandoned dunes for my brother's bachelor party. I wasn't playing golf or very well, uh, but it was incredible just to be there. It was just a very, very cool experience. I'd put Bandon Dunes if you ever had the chance to go. You know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. We drove from Sacramento and it was it was a long drive. <laughs> it was a long, long ass drive. But when you're there, if you like golf, it feels pretty cool. The views just you've been hearing about it forever. It, there's just not much like it. I, I don't I've never been to Ireland. You know, I've I've never been and played those courses. I've I've played golf in New Zealand, but that was when I was like twelve years old. It's it's pretty special, whether you're playing Old McDonald or whether you're playing Bandon Dunes or Pacific Dunes or Bandon Trails or, I guess the new course Sheep Ranch. I I've, I haven't been there since they built that, but I would go back and harp. I mean, I'm, I I will go back. I don't know when, but it's it's freaking awesome. It it really is just a special place. And I mean, you could go with your kids. You could go with your dad. You go with your buddies. I would say it would probably be impossible to suck. (laughs) And if you're playing decent golf, it's probably incredible. I was terrible. I, I could, I was not playing that much at the time and it did not matter at all. To me, that's a special place when you can go somewhere and whether you're playing good or bad, it doesn't really matter. Like, if I was going to... I've never played Pebble. Uh, If I was going to play Pebble, I I would kind of practice and get ready because I would not want to play Pebble and play poorly because, you know, it's not even about the price, but it'd just be like, yeah, I played Pebble, I shot 78, right? You wouldn't want to be like, you know, for me, I'm a 4 or 5 handicap. Say I shot like 90, that would suck. Where Abandoned, it does not even matter because you're like, ah, quirky, I don't even know how to play these type courses. Like, who cares? It's just, it is really, really fun. And then the views on the coast place is special special place adios